Hi, and welcome back to a new episode in a Brian Schaefer story. This episode will consist of two chapters, and I'll briefly talk about something that may make your mouth water a little bit. So if you're really hungry, make sure that you grab something to eat first, or you can just uh, fast forward a little bit. Uh, No, but really, I want to mention a few introductory words about pizzas, but not for commercial purposes, uh, because pizza is the top favorite food of many. And if not really favorite, most of us would agree that it's a food with rather simple ingredients that still tastes heavenly. But it's also something that, in its all simple essence, can be distorted. Adding a few ingredients here and there is normal, and why not? We all desire some ham or mushroom or whatever on top. But do you have those pizzas in the US? I'm talking about those humongous, wicked-looking pizzas with all those bunch of extra ingredients added on top. In the variants we have over here, some count with baked-in burgers and french fries. Except for the dough and perhaps a few other core ingredients, they resemble little what the original inventors had intended when pizzas started coming out in Naples centuries ago. So why do these freaky foods exist then? Probably it's attention-seeking. There's a gap to fulfill with something bizarre. It has little to do with enhancing or staying true to the original. So instead, to pursue the path of high standards, like hiring the best pizza baker, getting the best core ingredients, and investing in a wood-fired pizza oven, these pizza makers choose to twist and turn things to cause a reaction of some kind, which is plainly not in the interest of the original creation and craftsmanship. In the end, This is not enhancement, but transformative degradation. It's not the real story. Dennis Arda. An elite soldier and an officer in the Swedish army was one of the few people in the country who had completed most of the available elite training programs the armed forces and Navy had to offer. He was the ultimate Margarita of Sweden's elite units. Described by many who knew him as a kind and warm-hearted soul, always there to lean a hand and to help someone in need. In November of 2020, Denis Arda goes missing, practically vanishes. His case becomes public, and photos of this charismatic and vibrant young man in uniform are shown in newspapers and shared online. His disappearance grips the nation like no other missing persons cases has done prior. Back and forth and roughly six months into his disappearance, we eventually get some answers. It goes to show that if you keep things simple and remain focused and don't add 15 layers of crap to something, you stay true to the real cause. In the winter of last year, 2020, public on Swedish land started seeing photos and hearing of a previously unknown man, a Swedish army officer apparently gone missing. 
His career boasted of a man completely devoted to combat, training and a life of discipline. The 31-year-old man in question was Dennis Arda. Dennis now worked professionally in the army as an officer. During the course of 10 years, he had chosen a path of excellence rather and solely than pure military career. He had been assigned to foreign missions in dangerous conflict like Mali and was one of the few individuals who managed to pursue and earn all of the four seals of the most rugged military elite training courses both Navy and Army had to offer. That's no small feat considering this country variations in geography with subarctic conditions in the north where Jaeger battalions must manage and endure temperatures down to minus 40 below Celsius with mid-to-deep snow. To the span of our 1500 mile long coastline with thousands of islands where our coastal rangers have to manage the unforgiving terrain of frantic windy shores for a prolonged time to master on water and underwater activities like free diving without aid. Dennis Arda was also a parachute airborne ranger and a wing air force ranger. He had been transferred to Stockholm in 2018 to work at the local Navy base. And on a personal notion, I remember back in my days in the Navy, when our slow minesweeper was passed by two units of these coastal rangers fully camouflaged and on a four knot speedboat. At the time, we all wished we could have been them. And Dennis now worked as their instructor. On Sunday, the 15th of November, Dennis Arda was supposed to be together with fellow officers and 50 subordinates on a plane bound for Lapland, in the most northern part of the country. There, a joint military training exercise would be held. Dennis Arda wasn't on board. Some confusion arose. The exercise had previously been delayed for a week. Maybe Dennis had arrived prior. When everything started, and Dennis still didn't report in, word got out. The public, and we all, soon after this, got to see a family member of his, his brother, who came out and started pleading for information on Dennis and his whereabouts. The delay due to the confusion of the training assignment now indicated that Dennis had already been missing for four to five days. No one was completely sure. Some details were soon to merge though. Apparently his brother had had keys to Dennis' apartment, which was located in the southern part of the city center of the capital. As soon as he found out that Dennis was gone, he went over there to look. Getting inside, things looked normal. The usual belongings were still there. However, also present were Dennis' phone and wallet and a transit commuter card. It caused some uncertainty. On closer inspection though, there were some personal items which weren't there. When Dennis wasn't assigned various tasks in the armed forces and was off duty, he didn't spend his spare time chasing camaraderie. The army provided that. But instead of having a large circle of friends, he was really close to his brother and loved to hang out with him and a few other chosen personal friends. And as a military professional, Dennis' life was all about fitness and training. Dennis had recently told his brother of a fitness watch, a Garmin Forerunner that he had purchased and started using, and that he had been ecstatic about it. The Garmin, amongst else, enabled you to leave the phone behind when exercising. And the brother noticed that the watch 
wasn't in the apartment. Nor were his colorful running shoes and an old-timer favorite rucksack. Family and friends reiterated that Dennis had been a person with a strong desire to live and to stay in touch. With an equal physical and mental inner strength. According to them, nothing had indicated that Dennis was in risk of taking his own life for instance. Or that he somehow got tired of it all and wanted to disappear of his own free will. The building up of the signs indicated something sinister or accidental could have happened to Dennis. And it didn't take too long before an investigation was launched by the police. Some clues were initially gathered. They were all digital traces. Dennis had confided some of his passwords, so the police had access to devices such as his phone and his laptop. All these clues gathered were all painstakingly harmless though. Dennis had watched a video on how to make an omelette on YouTube and had googled various desktop images of snow leopards. But there were also signs of a map search in a national forest area in the outskirts of Stockholm, about 50 miles from where he lived. It was also gathered that in the last known contact Dennis had, he had spoken to some of his colleagues about doing an extended running exercise in preparation for the training assignment up in Lapland. Apparently Dennis had communicated that where this run was to take place was in the same location as the digital traces found later on his computer. This running exercise was believed going to take place on the ensuing weekend, possibly on Saturday the 14th of November. But Dennis could have started out his running spree already by Friday afternoon the 13th. A few days later, video footage was released showing Dennis in a gym close by to his apartment on Södermalm. This was communicated to be the last known whereabouts of the soldier at 3.20pm on the 12th of November. In essence, every detail on earth so far seemed to suggest and indicate that Dennis had made plans to go out on this run and for whatever reason instead had practically vanished. So different alternatives and scenarios were hard to ponder because law enforcement couldn't track down Dennis' movements adequately. Had he followed up with his plan to run like he mentioned and something accidental happened on the trail? Could Dennis possibly have been maliciously targeted on his way to or from the apartment? With a black belt in both Taekwondo and Karate, a scenario like a scaffold on the street leading to his death seemed unlikely. Was it all a cover-up by himself to seek aspirations elsewhere unnoticed? When publicly speculating what might have happened, police describe that in these types of situations they normally commit to four types of possible scenarios. Foul play, accident or fallen ill, suicide or a voluntary walk-off. But nothing so far could be ascertained nothing pointed in a certain direction. The message from law enforcement was clear though. We'll keep searching until we find him. The uncovering of the running trail of course led to a massive search effort. The Tyresta National Park, where Dennis hinted he had been heading to, became an area where several hundreds of volunteers showed up to look and to search for the missing soldier. And this was not a search launched for which any individual 
Dennis Arda had made an astounding impression wherever he had went on his fellow comrades and soldier at arms. Many wanted to contribute and help find him. And things were scaled up with military precision. Soldiers from all branches of the military turned out. Many specialized in search and rescue. About 20 canine specialists turned up with their canines. As news spread, the response from private citizens was unparalleled in a missing person search. In practice, three different entities, if you will, now looked and searched for the missing soldier. An informal headquarter was set up in Dennis Brothers' apartment, from where the search effort of the military volunteers was coordinated. The National Non-Governmental Missing Persons Organization in Sweden, Missing People, contributed with their staff and know-how to direct and lead the private volunteers that had turned out. Law enforcement also took part. After the initial regular search and find attempts, the police opened up a criminal investigation to release its full spectra of investigative tools. The offense indicated was kidnapping. Police now brought along resources they needed to forward some answers. Experienced and hard-eyed detectives investigated various scenarios and interviewed a wide spectrum of people close to and around Dennis. Helicopters and high-tech equipment was used in parallel to try to find Dennis on the ground. Dennis' colleagues and friends also set up a Facebook page where the information about the searches was relayed to the public. It didn't take long before the page had 30,000 followers and participants. With time passing, the major hurdle was the sheer size of the national park. Tyresta was around 5,000 acres big. Even though a large number of volunteers had turned out and modern equipment like drones were used daily, there were no traces of the missing soldier. But there was ferocious movement around the clock. Had something accidental happened, there was a slim chance Dennis could still be found alive. During this time, late November, I had my hands full with the renovation we were doing in our home. But I was also working on my third and fourth episode of my Swedish podcast about Brian Schaefer. The episodes had been delayed due to all that was going on with the pandemic and all. But I also kept track of Dennis Arda's disappearance. And I posted an update episode on my podcast that episode 3 and 4 were on the horizon. And I spoke about Dennis' disappearance. I also kept my eyes open and looked for traces of Dennis when hiking in our own national park in proximity to our home. It gave me some comfort that he wasn't around in this part at least. Then we heard news that the search area had been expanded to other areas and it turned out there came a rumor that Dennis, while on his run, had had an exchange with a house owner not far from where I live. Apparently Dennis had asked for directions as he was kind of lost. Suddenly searches were conducted in the same forest and wild areas I used to do my rocking and strolls in, not far away from my own turf. I myself had already covered some ground, I thought. Of course, that was nothing in comparison to an organized search. But the whole events kept me both intrigued and preoccupied. News were lashed out to us almost daily in November. But then, slowly, fewer and fewer updates came. In the middle of December, one of Dennis' 
closest friends came out on camera and told the reporter that he felt they had spent all their energy on trying to find Dennis and that he himself hardly coped with the situation. His friend Henrik had together with the brother been operating in close quarters with the missing people organization and led search efforts for several hundreds of the volunteers who had joined in. Both in Dennis' apartment, now turned headquarters, and on the ground. Dennis and Henrik had spent time together in the end of October, a couple of weeks before Dennis disappeared. The friends had been climbing together and then they had a meal over at the steakhouse. Henrik said that we went over to the Texas Longhorn and ate the biggest steaks they had and chatted over a couple of beers. We just talked about completely normal stuff. Nothing that made me react in a particular way. Dennis told me he was looking for a new apartment. Now, in this situation, with his comrade missing, the pressure Henrik put on himself on this all-around-the-clock endeavor to find his friend Dennis was immense. Jag försöker hitta ett eh, tillbaka lite eh, till ja, där vi var innan. Någon väg framåt som både leder till hur vi kan fortsätta sökandet men framförallt min egna känslor så om det var de ni vill ha svar på så är jag ju fruktansvärt ledsen. Eh, jag eh, är så tacksam för det stödet jag har hos mina familj och vänner och utan dem så hade det inte varit möjligt. He recounts that they are trying to find a way forward on their continued attempts and that a way to go forward is to backtrack and then carry on from there. He mentions he's terribly sorry and devastated over what has happened and that it is his own family and friends that are supporting him to the fullest to be able to continue looking for Dennis. For even all of these fantastic searchers Despite the amazing search efforts by all the parties involved and after everything they've done, they don't get any more answers at the moment. We we wait just for one little sign, we a little blink from clear sky that will dimp down here and give us a way to go, a direction forward. We are waiting a small sign to lead us in the right direction, like something out of a clear blue sky. Just nu, det, det vi gör är att liksom, vi söker och vi söker och vi söker. What we're doing right now is we're searching, searching and searching. So now, fast approaching Christmas, any realistic hope that Dennis would be found alive were completely dashed. This of course had an impact on the people involved, and especially the ones close to Dennis. Still, efforts kept going. But the searches had gone from what was believed to be a search and rescue operation at first to a search for the body operation. And that of course scaled things down somewhat. A spokesperson for the Mission People organization reiterated that efforts would continue until Dennis was found. Out in public things kept calm, but on web communities like our flashback, our own variant of 4chan, websleuth, reddit, where crime is discussed. The background of Denis Arda led to the most speculative and innovative 
trashiest and damn right foolish swallow theories and ideas almost ever experienced. With the vanishing of the sort and nothing found, everything was on the table. Thank you for listening. The second chapter in this episode will be released soon. Make sure you subscribe and follow the series on Instagram. Bye.